0: Anyway, you know, 90 mile by winds came through, the mm-hmm. door of the yet blew in, we had to tether the whole thing to the tractor and put wow. it all back and it was so stressful. And I don't know why we didn't learn then, because we then put a bell tent because we thought, oh, let's I was unsure of us how I'd cope with three structures. So we thought, oh, let's try with a bell tent. It's only seven hundred pounds. It's not like a big investment. So we put a bell tent up, we put it in up in the beautiful Easter weekend, it was glorious weather and then the following week we had another massive storm and then the pole like just pierced straight to the top of the bell tent, the whole thing came down, we were supposed to have guests in there, it was so stressful and so I was like right I am going to find the most wind resistant structure I can possibly find and after doing a lot of research Mm -hmm. it turned out that domes are the best thing because
1: what is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Esperance, back with another episode of Keep It Tiny. Today, I have a very special episode for you guys. It's a long-form discussion with Vicky. Vicky runs one of the most successful glamp sites in the United Kingdoms. That's Tractors and Cream. Now, Tractors and Cream has been featured on BBC programs. They've won awards. Uh, they have a successful YouTube channel, and they've been in operation for multiple years. We talk about things such as why you may not want to build a yurt and go towards a different type of structure, how marketing the families could be your competitive advantage, how much all-in it costed her to set up her glamp site as well as creative ways for you to make more money off of your land other than just renting out beds. This episode is a little bit longer than usual, but I really wanted to get this content out to you guys as fast as possible as we're entering busy season. And I want to make sure that you guys are learning as much as you can for your glamp sites. That being said, if you can't stomach an entire uh, 40 some odd minute conversation uh, feel free to just pause it, get back to it later on. But this is stuff that you don't want to miss out on as we're really chatting with someone who's extremely successful in this space. And I want to make sure that you guys get this info. So, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. So um, can you tell me where your glamping site is, tractors and cream, uh, where where it is and kind of how it like came together?
0: So we are on the Somerset levels in the UK. So um, it's really flat ground where we are. And we, um, my husband and I moved here from sort of South London. Um, We had a two bedroom, tiny flat with no garden. And house prices in Somerset are a lot cheaper than London, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't believe that we could get a place that had like seven and a half acres. Um, So we had the house, we had the field. And then we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Should we try and make a business out of it? Um, so I was full time dance teaching in Surrey, and then, um, we ended up moving here, and I just couldn't get the dance teaching work that I thought I would be able to get so um so we thought, well, we met in in a hotel, we know hospitality, so why not start a glamping site? and we knew we didn't really know much about glamping; we'd never been glamping, we weren't even campers so um, so we sort of found this found a yurt. I'm like, oh, this is quite cool. Let's (laughs) let's have a look at this. So we went and stayed in a yurt to do a bit of a a recce. Yeah. And um, we had the most awful time. (laughs) (laughs) So I was really heavily pregnant. Um, The toilet was so far away, like up a hill. It was pouring with rain. The yurt was really gapy, so it, it allowed loads of air, like underneath the the kind of crown cover. So it was really blustery inside. And so we then knew that we needed to have a toilet right next door. Like it was a really good opportunity for us to see what we needed to do to make it how we wanted it to make it.
1: Awesome. So so that didn't like uh, stop you or deter you from, from building and, and doing your thing? Like you stayed at, a, at one to do some research and you realized it was terrible, but you were still like, we can make it better.
0: That's exactly what it was. We were like, well, when we do it, we're going to do it a hundred times better. And it's going to be the sort of experience we would want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think it helped really If yeah. we stayed somewhere like amazing We would have been a bit complacent maybe And be like oh this is easy We can just do, do whatever mm-hmm. So I think that worked, worked really well for us
1: Cool, cool, cool And then um, so then, so you guys have uh, Seven and a half acres of land um, After you built your first What was the first thing that you built there and, and kind of how did it go after you built it And you like put it on the market You know did things go crazy Or, or like how, how was it when you first started off
0: so we got we applied for planning permission and we originally we were going to go through an agent they quoted us like three thousand pounds to do all the work for us and I was like you know we're not we're not really fussed whether this goes which way it goes so let's just apply for it ourselves um so only cost us four hundred pounds and we the agent was only going to apply for one year to see how it went but we just put in an application for a change of use to a fixed tent campsite, and they ended up giving us up to 10 so we could have have like if for the for a fraction of the cost we then could have 10 structures like but only canvas so we can't have any um caravans anything wooden that sort of thing okay so um so we then went down the yurt route and we bought two yurts and the first year so we built the bases we put them up we really struggled building them ourselves because it was the unknown um and it was you know it's like putting up a tent with like with your partner on steroids, like we <laughs> argued over it. it was so stressful, yeah, um, but we got these two yet up, so the first year, I was really nervous, my little boy was two, my little girl was four, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, um, so we just did one at a time, so I would rent the one out, then the next set of guests I'd put in the other year while they cleaned the first one, um and so there was only ever one family on the site at a time, and it was quite chilled out. And I was surprised with how many bookings we got. I couldn't believe it, given that nobody knew about us. Yeah. So, yeah, it, was, it went really well.
1: That's what um, I've seen a lot of people say where um, like as I'm chatting with people, they're very surprised with how successful in terms of like bookings, you know, maybe it might not already be a runaway financial success. Mm. They've always been surprised with the amount of people that are like willing to give them a shot and like yeah, to do something new. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that a lot of people are looking to like do different types of experiences?
0: I think, you know, everybody can go and stay in a hotel and and sometimes that is convenient. But actually, especially because we market to families, what they want is to give their children memories and experiences that maybe they didn't have. Or maybe they remember camping as a kid um, and going on long camping holidays. But they're a bit worried about doing it with their children because it's stressful. Um, So I think that's why the glamping industry has made That's so easy because you've got proper beds you've got toilets you've got showers and it's it's still getting that outdoors experience that the kids want but it's so much easier
1: Mm -hmm. and and how how large is what you guys have today like I've followed your YouTube channel uh I you know I haven't kept count but it seems like you guys have like multiple domes multiple yurts or can you tell me of like what's the glamp site set up today
0: so we've we've got two, year, two yeah two years, two domes and um and then a holiday cottage so the we also built an a-frame cabin but we just built that for my husband's home office mm-hmm. so um because that's not part of the glamping site we then could do it as part of our permitted development we could build a wooden structure and we just want to do that just for fun yeah. so we can't rent it out but it 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 there for when we when we finish it for my husband's home office um so then next year we're looking into putting a third dome in which will be similar to our new dome this year which has got an ensuite um and an outdoor bath and a kitchen everything up there um so we are hoping yeah that that will all that will all work out for next year but you know we're going to start a bit earlier because it was so much pressure with the lockdowns and everything to try and get it all ready for April opening this year. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm gonna kind of start the ball rolling now because you've got to get in the sewage lines and the um and the water pipes in and all that's got to be done so that it can then the grass can grow back so it doesn't look awful when people actually finally do come and stay. So all the infrastructure stuff is is hard work.
1: Yeah. And can you can you walk me through a bit of that? Like um like why you guys are it seems like you guys are are doubling down on domes um again i've watched all your dome content and your domes look so beautiful um especially the newest one that you built with that on en- ensuite like um you know the the tour of that video was awesome the tour oh, the right. video of that tour, yeah so can you let me know it seems like domes are really working out for you guys because you could have built more yurts you could build uh like tp tents other things like that but it seems like domes are really working out for you guys can you, can you chat with me about that
0: yeah, so um we're at a really exposed site. So because everything's level, um the wind comes through and we we always take the yurts down during during the winter because of that. But one year we left we thought, oh let's just try and see what it's like if we left the yurt up. Anyway, you know, ninety mile an winds came through, mm-hmm. the door of the yurt blew in, we had to tether the whole thing to the tractor and um, put wow. it all back and it was so stressful. And I don't know why we didn't learn then, because we then a bell tent because we thought oh let's I was unsure of us how I'd cope with three structures so we thought let's try the bell tent it's only 700 pounds it's not like a big investment so we put a bell tent up we put it in up in the beautiful Easter weekend it was glorious weather and then the following week we had another massive storm and then the pole like just pierced straight to the top of the bell tent the whole thing came down we were supposed to have guests in there it was so stressful. And so I was like, right, I am going to find the most wind resistant structure I can possibly find. And after doing a lot of research, Mm -hmm. it turned out that domes are the best thing because there's nothing to catch the wind that there's no like those yurts have got this crown cover where the wind can get underneath and Mm -hmm. um, the domes are just so well sealed. And they've got that triangular structure, which is so strong Mm -hmm. that, um, and I spoke to loads of different manufacturers and they've said, you know, they've had three domes that were on the cliff edge, um, and they had a hurricane come through and nothing moved. So I was like, yeah, that's for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like it was a bit out of necessity just because like, that's what you had to do. And, uh, you know, for me personally, as I'm going through what my build, um, I've had similar things where my land is extremely flat. Um mm-hmm. and the winds just ripped through because there's no trees to catch it or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a couple hundred uh, US on uh on some uh, like bathroom tent structure things. Okay, that were immediately just ripped apart, just just yeah. immediately gone. But um, so you guys choosing dome seems like it came out of necessity.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: But, but also, it um domes. It, there's something special about them where they're a different type of structure. You know, they're, they're appealing quickly to the eye. um, But also there's a lot of space in a dome um, and it's strong. And like you said, it can sleep a lot. So do you think it makes financial sense as well going with the domes?
0: Yeah, they are more of an investment. So the, yes, we, we paid 4,000 pounds per yet. Um, and the dome, the smaller dome was 8,000 pounds. The large dome was 10,000 pounds, but because you've got that panoramic window, which everybody loves, they can sit in the, in the, in the dome with their glass of wine and their food, and then they can watch the kids play outside. And that is a massive selling point. Mm-hmm. There's also a fully full-sized door. So whereas the yerts, yeah, so you have to duck, people like conk their head on the way out, mm-hmm. um, Whereas the domes, yeah, you can just walk in and not worry about your head. You've got all that head height. It just makes it feel so much more spacious and light and, um, and yeah, they're they're worth the investment, I think.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I like to, um, ask those questions just to give people ideas on, on what they should build and, um, going with the domes and how many people they sleep. Um, can you talk to me about, you know, just the family aspect? I see that a lot on your YouTube channel. Um, and a lot on kind of with what you're building, you know, I see that you guys really take into account knowing that your your structures are going to be sleeping more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like larger families and there's like play areas. Can you yeah. talk to me of why you guys did you guys immediately know that you wanted to, to go in that direction or did you guys uh, uh, fall into that or, you know, kind of what's why are you guys focused on that?
0: I think because if we'd have started this camping site before we had children, I reckon we would have gone down the couples only route. It is easier. You only yeah. have to do double beds. I've got like three sets of bunk beds I have to do and they're <laughs> an absolute pain in the bum. So it's not the easy option, um, but because we already had children and we needed to build the business around them. So we, we first put a play area in because I thought, well, if the kids can be playing outside, I can be changing beds and they're entertained. Yeah. So the play area wasn't even like we won't worry about it for guests we we're worried about it for ourselves um to make our lives easier yeah. and then actually it was so lovely having the play area right there um and then we've just kind of built on that and built an outdoor games area and um and just tried to make it feel really safe um the site itself is really safe because it's got hedges all the way around and there's nowhere there's nowhere for the kids to escape
1: yeah um
0: so i think it just came out of the fact that we had we had the children already and to just do families only, I'd then be worried, that, you know, what if our kids are making a noise and disturbing mm-hmm. them? So and that's what people love. We barely get any couples at all. We've probably in the last five years, I think I can count on one hand how many couples we've had. Apart from right now, we've got two sets of couples in, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just the, the kind of pandemic market, isn't it? It's just everyone's just trying to get away. And we've got yeah, so yeah. many more midweeks than we would normally have. So I would say if you're thinking about what market you're going to, just just decide, are you going couples? Are you going families? It's really difficult to mix the two because couples don't want to be hanging out with other people's kids. yeah. And yeah. so you want to go down one or the other, really, I think. Um, and then you can build your structures accordingly. So we knew we needed the space to have either bunk beds or sleeping up to five because, you know, lots of people have two adults and three children and some loads of sites don't cater for three children they might add one if you're lucky yeah
1: um
0: so it definitely helped us because people really appreciate the fact that hey we don't charge any extra for children we all don't charge any extra for travel cots or high chairs or that sort of thing um we've always got stuff that you might need if you've got kids and you've forgotten um so i think that's all really appreciated appreciated by people
1: Cool. And do you think that you guys also stand out because of that? Just because a lot of the people that I've spoke with, um, they're the exact opposite where, you know, okay. it's on, on, you know, just couples. Um, yeah. It's a little bit easier to get into. Um, and, you know, there's some people also think it's, you know, less liability just because, you know, kids can be making a mess or kicking walls or I don't know. Uh, mm. You know, I have a couple nephews and one niece, so I know kids can be a bit rambunctious, but they're, they, they're not going to, break a, a dome but that's either here or not there um so so do you think that it makes you guys stand out a bit um and helps you when it comes to marketing and putting yourselves out there
0: yeah i think so and because because we've been so direct with our marketing and i think it's so important to know your target customer and i've designed my ideal family in my head and i know exactly who i'm marketing to which is why it speaks to those those families mm-hmm. um and i think that's why we then get full really easily because i know you know who you're marketing it to um and yeah and it's not it's not it's quite rare having somewhere that that is so family friendly and 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 safe for kids
1: absolutely and then also it seems like with your entire branding um and it and again uh, I- you you were joking around that you're like, oh, you know, I'm not too business savvy, but it seems exactly like you know exactly who you're talking to. You you know that consumer, you know that person and you built a great product around them because you were even talking about high chairs and things of that nature. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, I don't have any children. I have mm. some nephews and nieces. So I'm like, oh yeah, they would need high chairs. So it seems like you really thought about everything that they would need and, you know, you yeah. thought about what they need for them and catered to them.
0: Yeah, I feel like that. I think, uh we're just like too nice (laughs) (laughs) like we'll go above and beyond and put ourselves out for other people and and but that's what makes us special i guess and you know what i don't care if we make a bit less money and everyone's really happy that's far more important to me than having tons and tons of cash in
1: the bank for sure for sure and and that again leads to uh it leads me to ask, you know, what's your goals with your, with your glamping site? Um, Again, it seems like, you know, you're, you're really not trying to make as much money as possible, no matter how you can do so. So, you know, like what kind of guides you guys and what's your, uh, kind of overarching business philosophy when it comes to your business?
0: So um, Brian's in sort of data analysis. So he's got the spreadsheet going on. He's okay. got a five-year plan of what structure he wants to add next year and then 2023 and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to we'd like to get up to six, I think. And then I think we would we would then be making a decent income. And our I mean our ultimate goal was for him to be able to give up work. Um so he's got a full-time job. Um and so for him to be able for us to be doing this together, we've got more time with the kids, we've got more time together that that's when money does come into it because you you need to be trying to make that money yeah. to allow for that lifestyle
1: mm-hmm. so
0: whether or not we'd ever be able to give up a salary or not i i don't know but that is the ultimate ultimate goal
1: awesome awesome and then uh is uh glamping uh the the only thing that you guys in terms of the tractors and cream brand um, you know, I know that you guys are uh, on YouTube as well. Um, you know, do you see any other ways for you guys to kind of monetize the brand and, and maybe sell different things? I know you have an honesty shop. Um, but is you know, is there other things that you guys are doing? If you could tell, I've done my research. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm bro, very
0: good. <laughs> so um so we do um afternoon teas. So and very nice, nice British thing there. Um <laughs> so we've got we built our octagonal like roundhouse and we do bespoke afternoon teas. So I'll cater um for like between six and say 20 people who come for baby showers and because we've got baby showers now in the UK like that um, was never a thing that was a really American thing we've got baby showers now <laughs> and hen parties and what do you call them bachelorette party yeah
1: yeah um
0: so um so yeah we do that and then um obviously we've got the YouTube channel which mm-hmm. um again we just started for fun and just to kind of vlog about what we do and then we built this A-frame cabin, and then loads of people in America watched, it and I couldn't believe it. So, um, so that kind of helped helped us monetize the channel. Nice. Um, and then you kind of feel a bit of pressure to, to, like, make sure you make videos every week. But again, it's a it's a work life balance, isn't it? If we don't have anything exciting happen, we won't make a video, and it's not a big deal. But we're always trying to think of of ways to help people to give advice to people it also started because we wanted to go around and visit local er, like different places to visit and then put a vlog about them on the website so people knew where they could go and stay basically yeah um but it's actually been so much more than that it's just been so much fun it's so much fun looking back on everything we've done and then connecting with people like like you you're sat there in america yeah and I do yeah. that here in Somerset and it's just the most incredible thing. We get messages from people all over the world. Um, I'm having to translate stuff on Google, translate from Russia and mm-hmm. Spain and like stuff like that. So asking about mainly about domes Um so yeah, it's, it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is JS Brons. We're going to get right back into today's conversation. I just quickly wanted to talk to you about the Keep It Tiny Club. If you are serious about starting a unique short-term rental or glamping business this year, then this is the club for you. If you're interested in networking with other people who are serious, Online live events, Q&As with industry experts, sharing information, and hey, maybe even having a direct one-on-one conversation with me, then check out www.keepittinyclub.com to learn more, but hurry up because we're having a ton of virtual online live events happening all the time, and I don't want you guys to miss out. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool how it brings everything together. I've never been on that side of the pond. Uh, one of my best friends, Brainy, has uh, he he was living out in London for some time uh, and we always okay. joke around about the differences. Like, um, I'm OK with tea. I love I love <laughs> green tea. But putting milk in tea is something that I just can't wrap my head around. Really? I can't wrap my as, as a New Yorker. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand it. Maybe some lemons or but I don't understand milk and tea. But
0: Ooh, well, there you go.
1: <laughs> um, so but you said something uh, very, very big there that um I wanted to touch back on and, and could you give some advice to others about it? Sounds like you're having a lot of um events on your glamp site. Um and uh again, it also ties into the fact that you guys are so family friendly that you're having you know these these family oriented events, but even just having uh your your glam site open to events or these one day outings that you' that you'll open up the site for, could you tell us a little bit about that and the business side of that and is it lucrative? Does it make sense? Is it worth your time and energy? you know could you just expand on that?
0: Yeah, so um, I know a lot of glamping sites hire the whole site out for weddings and things like that Mm -hmm. and it's something that I don't think we will ever do because of noise because we're in the edge of a village it's quite a quiet village they would get a bit grumpy if we started having massive parties every weekend um but with this little hut we built we can have like bespoke afternoon teas or kids parties but they don't affect the glamping so I can have a full site in but because they're tucked away in this little hut they could just have the full use of the hut and they can um have their afternoon tea and it doesn't affect any of the glamping however we are looking into buying a 10 meter event dome Mm -hmm. and hoping to do that for next year to give us a bit more flexibility because the hut's quite small it's only like five meter round so I think if we had somewhere that was sort of 10 meters um what's that in your it's about 30 foot I suppose (laughs) um so that we can then do slightly bigger events but if we did use that for events then we'd hire out the whole site Mm -hmm. so then you are getting a bit more lucrative because you can charge what you're charging for the for the stay but then you can also add on a, a basically exclusive hire fee so that you can then you have the use of this event dome you can do your diy party or we can cater or whatever for you um and then you're then you're making more money like if you start doing weddings and you're saying like exclusive hire is five thousand pounds or something like that then then that is where that's really where the money is at but Mm. i'd never mix the two i'd never have people using the event dome with family glamping because it just it just wouldn't work yeah so um so yeah it's something that we're we're working on um but it's whether we're brave enough and also it's just really me at the moment that's the thing so because because of Brian still working full-time yeah um and when I'm trying to like deal with our kids and then cater for events and turn around a glamping site it gets tricky
1: Yeah. By the way, absolutely love what you got. Like, you know, again, I'm not a parent. So, you know, me saying, you know, good job or kudos or props (laughs) doesn't mean as much. But I love the fact that you guys have the kids out there assisting with all everything that you guys are doing with the bills. They're going to grow up and, you know, already have the the mindset already have certain skills, you know, they're going to be probably be very handy, business savvy. I I just love it. I was kind of raised similar, um, you know, just around my father's businesses. So, Mm. you know, it really helped me out a lot in life. So I just love what you guys have going on there.
0: Oh, thanks. I'm hoping that we're basically giving the best possible childhood for our kids. And then, you know, if they can't get a job when they're older, if they can't find somewhere to live, you know, we've got places for them and we've got the opportunity to employ them if we need to, if they want to be employed. I mean, Annabelle's pretty much saying that she's going to work for me when she's older and she's going to take over the afternoon teas and she wants to do art workshops. Yeah. So They've got all that opportunity, which is so amazing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, and again, going back to the, the, the family aspect of this, um, uh, uh, can you talk to me what it's like, um, running a business with your husband, like with your significant other, like how do you guys map out who does what, um, who, like who focuses on which business aspects, it seems like you do more of operations and day to day. Um, and can you talk about also, you know, just the small things, you know, we all are human, um, you know, (laughs) just being married is difficult, (laughs) but then, you know, adding a business aspect on top of that, how do you guys work through all of this?
0: so we're really different i am outgoing i love talking to people i love meeting people um brian is a bit more of an introvert he likes being behind the scenes more basically though so i'll do all the i'll i do every show around every uh, meet and greet i will always take people up and show them around and check them in basically mm-hmm. whereas brian would never do that the thought of that makes him feel a bit sick inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um I'll do of that. He loves the behind the scenes, so he'll do all the mowing and like all the kind of helping me out with maintenance stuff and helping me out with building projects and and yeah. that sort of thing. Um but like on our A frame video we have been told that so he so somebody commented and said um why do I have more testosterone than my husband? Because just because I, I love a DIY project and mm-hmm diy was never really his thing but he's just kind of been thrown into it
1: mm-hmm. so
0: um so yeah we work really well as a team because we're actually so different and so we both bring completely different things he's more like like business head-on mm-hmm. um he's more like keep focused on what you need to do um i'm more of a yeah it'll all be all right and he's like no it won't be all right we need <laughs> to get this done now yeah um so that's why we work well i think we, if we were both the same then half the business would would fail do you know what I mean like because we need to be different to bring the different things
1: yeah opposite but, sides of the brain you yeah know, doing different exactly
0: things. Yeah. yeah and then when you know but there is always arguments like when we put yurts up he's like why don't you ever listen to what I'm saying
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like
0: it's just it's just how it is when you're trying to it's yeah it's mainly yurt building that's why we were thinking about getting rid of one of the yurts and replacing it with a dome because then the dome's up we don't have to take it down again
1: yeah um
0: so we're umming and narrowing but that does not make business sense we've already owned the yurt, whereas we would then have to bite like spend another 10 grand getting a dome in there yeah so it just makes sense to just suck it up for two days when we have to build it and not spend the extra money so
1: yeah
0: yeah, that's when you
1: do do you both handle building it? Um and then also with the domes, um, you know, who gets the final say so on the color of the accent wall and, and... oh
0: me, me,
1: definitely <laughs>
0: me. <laughs> okay. So um, he he I don't know if you've seen a video where like he he interior design interior designed the green yet and I did the blue yet. Mm-hmm. And he bought everything brand new, spent a thousand pounds more than I did mm-hmm. kitting out his yet um because I don't mind a bit of shabby chic and like
1: yeah. painting
0: up circled furniture whereas he's like he loves like big chunky wooden furniture Absolutely. um so I've more taken the reins on that interior designing type part of it because he would just spend far too much money um but we've been lucky actually because the smaller dome we were on the tv so we won a a bbc program where mm-hmm. they um made over our dome for us so we had an interior designer that they then did it all for us mm-hmm. and then through that program i met another dear interior designer who then designed the new dome for us awesome. so um that was quite useful really i didn't have to think about it
1: yeah cool cool so it seems like you guys uh as a couple uh you know uh it the business works pretty easily for you guys to 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 work together
0: yeah yeah, when we're, we're not very argumentative either, so <laughs> we, we don't tend to argue, which definitely helps.
1: Yeah, yeah. From the videos, I've definitely picked up a very chill vibe from you both. I feel like you both would just be like, okay, you know, you win, whatever. whatever. Let's just keep moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah. yeah. And never, just never let um, the sun go down an argument, basically. Mm-hmm. We all sort it out straight away if there's anything we disagree with.
1: Could you let me know, kind of like, what do you think the all-in cost was? Um, on everything that you guys have going on? Um, And then also, if you were to do things over again, what would you change?
0: So um, we actually just made a video about how much the whole thing cost us. So I'm quite happy to talk prices and money because it's a massive part of it. You need to know what you're in for, don't you? So I when I worked it all out, and this is including us converting a garage into a holiday cottage and things like that, we were just under a £100,000 to to do the whole site um so yeah it but we reinvested so we did the we also had some help from my mum so she started off off with a yurt and then what money we made from that we could pay for another one and then what money we made from that we could then um eventually get to the dome and so we've just basically not paid ourselves anything for like five years we weren't free but just kept reinvesting essentially um so yeah and also Brian's job is propping it up quite a bit so we would be much better off I think if we hadn't had a clamping site yeah. but then now we should start to see a profit so we made like a loss a loss a loss then we made a, a break even and then we've made a little profit and hopefully this tax year we should have made an actual proper profit
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) nice yeah thanks for being uh you know so forthcoming with the info there um and with the 100 pounds that you've spent all in and also what's crazy i thought it would probably be more like seeing how expansive and wide your land is how beautiful it is the, the domes and how many different things we have on your land um so i definitely think you guys have been wise with your money um but could you tell me you know what you would do differently if you would do anything differently to maybe save some more money or mistakes that you made and you realize, like, oh, you know, we wasted that, or or you know, those types of things.
0: Yeah, I think we wouldn't have got yurts in the first place. <laughs> wow. I think we would have just gone straight in with domes because they just waste so much time with the taking up and putting down, and they have made us very stressed. <laughs> um so I think it's just about research of picking your structure and like I didn't even think about looking at five years ago looking at YouTube and I don't even know whether glamping was such a big thing even five years ago it wasn't it wasn't so information wasn't so readily available so um yeah, I think we would have. We would definitely have started with domes. We and in fact we might have even thought about our planning permission in that because we were restricted just to canvas, we might have put in for say wooden cabins all over. Mm-hmm. And then once they're built, they're built, and then you don't have to replace stuff, do you? Yeah. So, um, but I think we would have struggled to get planning put for proper wooden what is seen to be permanent structures because all these domes yurts bell tents, all of those things are seen as temporary structures and so you're much more likely to get planning which is why a dome is such a brilliant happy medium because it feels solid yet it's still classed as a temporary structure Mm -hmm. so um so yeah I think that's mainly what I would have done differently um I don't know obviously the hundred thousand doesn't take into account how much we spent for the house but we were lucky that we basically bought the house it included the land and so um yeah but you know that's what a lot of people do is find find their house and the land with it Mm -hmm. um and I think living on site is a massive bonus I can't imagine running a glamping site remotely just probably just because I've never done it but I know a lot of people do they rent land and then they just go back and forth depending on you know, live about 20 minutes away. Do you mm-hmm. live near where your glamping that would be?
1: No, no. So uh, I, I spend my day to day in New York City um, mm. and my land is about actually two hours away.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: how would you manage like people checking in and that sort of thing?
1: Well, um, I'm very big on trying to get things in a way where they somewhat run themselves. Um, I think yeah. it, it again goes from my uh, like working in tech so like trying okay. to find efficiencies. Yeah. Um, so I actually, you know, even though I live in New York, I actually have some uh, Airbnb rentals in Atlanta, Georgia, which is like oh, a 15 wow, okay. hour drive away from New York. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I just have a lot of systems and processes where, you know, my cleaners come in, uh, they take photos from me, let me know what's going on. I handle everything I can handle from a computer where I'm at. Um, I try to see them once a month, uh, just to keep my, my hands on, you know, my finger on the pulse of what's going on. Um, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's much more difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not the easiest way to go about it.
0: Uh, but you're obviously not as much of a control freak as I am, because I like to like, go like, I'd like to make, I like to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. And then I, if somebody else was to do it, I'd like to go and check everything to make sure it was like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. Yeah. But- yeah, it can be, uh, I mean, amazing that you've basically then got a passive income, haven't you, really? Because you don't really have to do so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more hands off. Um, with my, with my, uh, my glamp site, my, you know, my, with my A-frame glamp site, um, I am going to be much more hands on there uh, mm-hmm. just because, you know, it's like my, my crown jewel. Like, like, I love that land and it's been something I've wanted to do since, you know, I was in college. Yeah. Um so I'm going to be much more hands on and probably spend more of my time up there. Um, mm. you know, I kind of see myself more as a nomad right now where like, you know, I just I would go wherever I need to go. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to be more hands on with, with what's going on up there. Um, you mm. know, yeah, I'm super proud about that. But I also think, um, you know, I wasted a ton of money learning um Mm. as you said information isn't readily available um so you know just buying things and realizing that they didn't make the most sense uh you know just a lot of that um as I've been building out my site and that's kind of what led me to start this YouTube channel which is like you know I don't I don't want people to have to make the mistakes I've made and and
0: exactly yeah
1: yeah with that with that in mind could you tell me um you know like what advice would you give to people starting off a glamp site um it doesn't have to just be one thing you know just uh you know what are you thinking about if someone was chatting with you and they were thinking about getting into this what would be some of the first things that you would talk to them about
0: i'd basically say make sure you know that it's a lifestyle choice and that it's i mean you can you can do it remotely but in immersing yourself in it like we have mm-hmm. it's a complete change of lifestyle like I was a dance teacher and now all of a sudden I'm running a glamping site and I'm doing a lot of a lot of cleaning like it's a lot of it's a lot of hard graft um so yeah think about are you going to be happy having all sorts of different people on your land possibly breaking stuff possibly messing stuff up that you've worked really hard on um and are you gonna be comfortable with that is that that's the first thing? Are you a people person? Do you like talking to people um do you like do you make friends easily that that kind of whole personable people side of it is so important um so i' that would be my first thing is make sure it's what you really wanna do first and then if you're like, yes, that is a hundred percent for me. I absolutely love this idea um then go really researching what structures you're gonna have um there's loads of different ways of going into it like there's <clears throat> different camp we in the UK have there's different kind of camping clubs and things like that you can join who help you or like there's franchises like wigwam holidays we've got which would help you set up the whole site um so think about whether you want to do it independently or whether you want help with it um and then yeah once you've kind of picked your structures that you're going with um, think about your target market like we talked about before like whether you're going couples or families whether you want dogs even like that's a major thing we don't have dogs and yeah. loads of people say to us oh why don't you have dogs we really want to bring our dog and like there's lots of reasons. Yeah. Mainly because we're so family friendly. I'd be terrified if there was a dog there that
1: mm-hmm. some kid
0: didn't like and it ruined their holiday.
1: Yeah. Or
0: I don't want to have to begin and picking up dog poo because you're gonna like in a massive field, you're gonna miss some dog poo. Yeah.
1: Um
0: so we get criticized for not having dogs, but it's just I just can't can't cope with it. Yeah.
1: Um
0: so but if you want to go down the dog friendly route, then then that's a whole market right there. Mm-hmm. So pick your but that also doesn't necessarily work with with kids so pick pick your market mm-hmm. so you've got your structures you love glamping you love people you have decided on a target market um and then work out how you're going to get your customers in basically so we started off on airbnb and booking.com and that was brilliant because you just got automatic people yep. finding you and then what we started off doing was giving, I mean, this is part of the not having the business head on. We started giving a 15% discount to everybody who came the first year. If you come back next year, you get 15% off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then, but then we kept doing that. And we kept doing that, <laughs> and we're still doing that. <laughs> yeah. So that's something you don't need to do, but you can offer incentives um so that you then they don't book through the agent, they book direct through you, and then that saves you some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for us, they're a known quantity. We've met them before you know they're really nice yeah they they then tell all their friends um so we now don't use third-party book agents at all it all comes direct through our website Amazing. Um, so that saves us a lot of money um and so yeah that's yeah basically what i would suggest is get them in through the agency and then keep them
1: okay and and what would you what would be the biggest thing you would tell them like don't do that like I, I've I've thought about it. This is, you know, my personal opinion, but don't do X, Y, or Z on, at your GLAMP site.
0: Um, oh, what's a don't do? Um don't I would mm I don't know. Don't be rude to people.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's all about like this is why I deal with all the people and the, the messages and all that sort of stuff because I somebody would message me something really abrupt, like, can I stay on the 4th of August for one night on a Saturday night?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And my, Brian would probably message back going, no, don't be so silly. Of course, you
1: can't. Yeah. I go
0: back saying, hi, thank you so much for your inquiry. Unfortunately, we don't do one night bookings because of X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, yeah, actually, that would be my tip. Don't do one night bookings. Total nightmare because <laughs> you've got all that all that bedding, all that cleaning for one night Yep. I never understood it before we started a camping site I was like oh I just want to stay for one night
1: yeah like you do doing a hotel don't yeah. do it
0: because it is so much work so we do a two-night minimum but mm-hmm. I know loads of places that will do Friday to Monday Monday to Friday so whether three or four nights mm-hmm. um and I totally get why um but we do it because I know that when we go away, we'd like to just do Friday to Sunday. We just want to do a weekend. Mm-hmm. And when I have to book somewhere that's Friday to Monday and then I can't stay that extra night, it annoyed me. Yeah. So um, but that's just that's just what that's just us. If okay. you think for your business model you need a three night minimum, do a three night minimum, people will still understand.
1: Yeah. yeah okay so that that would be your biggest probably don't do is like that one night because again there's a lot of turnover and that's where the hard part is like having people spending their night or or taking over the the land to me is like i'm okay with that it's whenever one person leaves and another person like that in between time is where it gets really stressful very fast yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay cool cool and then um have you ever had uh, any like horror stories of, of people being on the land and maybe not respecting it as much or, and kind of how did you go about, um, you know, fixing those or have, has things ever broken? Um, you guys seem very handy. Um, you know, can you talk to me about that? Cause I think that a lot of people are worried about worst case scenarios. Mm, um, yeah. And normally those things, what they cook up in their brain never really happens. Uh, Tell me what, you know, some of those have been for you guys.
0: So, yeah, I see a lot of stories on the Glamping Site Owners group on Facebook where they're like, oh, somebody ripped my tent or that would be my worst nightmare if somebody ripped like a part of a tent that would cost a lot of money. But because because the yes yeah, and yeah i can't well that would be a disaster if somebody like slashed the side of a dome mm-hmm. but that's highly unlikely and yeah. the worst case you'd have to replace that part of the cover or you can get patch kits and that sort of thing so we haven't touched wood had anything like that um uh we had one horrible family um i don't know what it was they just I felt really uncomfortable I think the guy was taking drugs possibly he was sat in his cards blacked out windows playing really like music Um, and I had to go and say look I'm really sorry this is a quiet site. please can you not do that Um, and so that was really awkward I got myself really stressed about it but the beauty is people are never here for very long so if you have the most horrible guests you know they're going to be gone in a couple of days normally two or three days so if you feel really uncomfortable you know that you know it's not going to last they'll move on somebody else will come in who will be much nicer so I try not to let myself get any get stressed about who's here and what they are like but I think again because we've targeted this specific type of person in our marketing every single family apart from that one in Mm -hmm. five years has been absolutely lovely perfectly normal wonderful families. and and I, I can only put that down to the marketing I guess I'm not sure yeah. but um you know they're all the type of people that we want here and that respect what we're doing and that um respect our stuff and we do take a breakage deposit so we take 50 pounds which we refund at the end of their stay um but I've never once charged anybody and stuff gets broken you like parasols um over the picnic benches they get broken quite a lot um we had a broken barbecue yesterday The the wheel had come off so I'm gonna have to replace the barbecue but stuff happened and I'm not going to charge the guest for that it was you know accidental um it's just kind of sometimes you'd have to swallow costs yeah. like that yeah. um but on the whole yeah I've never really had any disastrous horror stories which I'm pleased about <laughs>
1: Yeah no and, and and in all my years of running short term rentals uh, you know um I really haven't I the worst thing that happened to me was uh I had it, it was it seems like it was the same type of individual um with your horror story where they seemed like they were much more um lively than a lot of my uh, guests yeah. um mm. i focus a lot of what i do in that um couples you know like uh, mm. if i do have a an apartment to me a flat to you um uh, the, on the smaller side um i always get them on the smaller side so that way it's just a couple who mm. are passing through and it's just somewhere for them to sleep normally they're running around new york city or atlanta or wherever and they want to be in the city um but for some reason they even took their all the furniture was moved, the trash was overflowing, and they smoke they smoked cigarettes inside of the apartment, mm. which is a big no. Um, and lastly, for some reason, there was a brick, like a a building brick that I guess they found outside that was just inside of the apartment, which was just so odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, what were they even doing in here? <laughs> Right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to keep you too long. But um, uh, what I did want to say is, you know, really, thanks for for jumping on with me and chatting with me. Um, it really does mean a lot. Um, and keep up with what you guys are doing, just because it is very helpful. And um, just building up this whole thing that we all have going on. So, you know, thanks for thanks for jumping on and chatting with me.
0: Oh well thank you. Yeah, it's been um it's been lovely. And yeah. yeah, and I'm more than happy for anybody to message us and ask a questions. like I'm I'm more than happy to help if I can do because you know, as I say, we've we've been through it and we just wanna help people not make mistakes really. And you know, if you can save money, then do it.
1: Absolutely.